0: Jordan, it's good to see you, and um, we are back at it with the Midnight Mystics, at least for this one episode reunion, and we'll see how it goes from here. You know, you put up the you put up the uh, the bullhorns, which is something I do quite a bit because I listen to a lot of punk rock music nowadays. So, or if I hear a rapper break down something really uh, like true, I'm like, fuck yeah, like like, and I put up the bullhorns but it also has this association with uh worshipping the devil. So I feel a little strange sometimes like I'm fucking with some magic that maybe I don't mean to, but I also believe that a lot of that is in the head. So I'm I reclaim this as like bringing up the power of the bull or the power of the buffalo. Actually, I see it as sometimes as uh as a means of like cultivating that inner that inner power it's like i'm tapping into the power that i'm inspired by as i'm inspired by it so uh so i you know taking it back for ourselves it's like it's like this has nothing to do with evil this has to do with the power of human innovation and creativity so uh so it's interesting that you you know bring it up because i I think about that sometimes do you think about that sometimes it's association with satan worship and like maybe it's something we shouldn't fuck with
1: Oh yeah, I've, I've definitely considered it. Um, yeah, and uh, there, as with all symbols, there are so many different uh, ways that you can interpret them. Um, but you know, it's it's sometimes called the the sign of the horns, and so horns being associated with uh, goats um, and the connection to Satan that way. And yet, also in some uh, pagan philosophies, it's also just kind of a, a ward to ward off bad spirits. Um, And so there can be positive interpretations, just as with the pentagram, the the inverted pentagram with the two horns up is meant to symbolize putting spirit down and elevating physical reality to say that just physical reality is the only reality, which is basically, you know, Satanism uh, in practice, I would say. I have a copy of the Satanic Bible, or at least I used to, um, and read some of Le- uh, Anton LaVey's stuff. But um, but I think horns traditionally have been associated with power, um, and and bulls and ox and especially uh, because the the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the alphabet, is Aleph, and um, it uh, the Phoenician origin. Pictograph is a picture of an ox's head, and it represents strength. And so, if you spell the word L, like where we get Elohim or Elijah or Daniel, like all these L words, which is like a, a Canaanite god that also is the name of uh, or the, the, the word for God, like Al. You know, just a, a Semitic root that is these two letters Aleph Lamed. Aleph, the picture of an ox head. Llama, the picture of a shepherd's crook. So it's the idea of strong leader, powerful guide, uh, uh, unstoppable protector. You know, so it's like uh, the connotations can be almost infinite um, as it pertains to what the symbols mean for any given person. I think, you know, people should uh, use things benevolently. Uh you know, there, there are ways of warding off bad spirits to associate that with, and even there was a god in the ancient Egyptian pantheon named Ba, which was a goat god, and so the horns can also, uh, so they can take on many meanings. So just as animals can be dangerous, they could also be friendly, such yeah. as the way-
0: <laughs> uh Good and evil is oftentimes left to the mind of the observer, right? So. Um, or as we can see this as subjective idealism, sort of, um, you know, we, uh, we bounce around quite a bit here on this show. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been uh, a minute when we did our first episode of the Midnight Mystics. Uh, you were still living in Ballard, Washington, the Seattle area of Washington, and now you are in West Virginia. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. And how did that transition treat you and how is life in West Virginia?
1: Oh. Yeah, it was, it was quite a journey. It's good to see you again too. It's been a while since we talked and um, uh, we both have moved since then. Uh, you're in Oregon now, right?
0: I was here in this very same room when we started Midnight Mystic, so I'm in the same place.
1: Ah, excellent, excellent. Um, so uh, I moved in June of 2020 and uh, came back here and and that's actually when I started practicing the Lesser Banishing Ritual uh, almost daily because I had known about it theoretically. I'd already practiced magic to a certain extent uh, via sigils and things, but I wanted to develop a, a better daily practice. I came back to West Virginia for a few reasons to basically tend to faith and family, uh, just two kind of points of, uh, I, I'll i say trauma, but I, you know, it, it's it's something just things that I needed to face the things that I needed to deal with uh, psychologically and practically and um, and I also came because I was uh, there's an opportunity to work with some good friends of mine who are media makers and festival putter honours <laughs> um, Robert Blankenship and Laurie McKinney who have the Riff Raff Arts Gallery and they also have Culture Fest World arts and music festival uh, which is a yearly festival it's been going on for about 16 years now in southern west virginia at pipe stem west virginia at the south appalachian folklife center and so i've been connected to them since 2012 and i lived in princeton before in the apartment right next to the one i'm in now it's a a, a three apartment simplex complex not that complex it's you know <laughs> simpler <laughs> but um so uh Coming back, it was nice to be in familiar grounds. Um, I'm living on my own for the very first time in my life. Um, I've lived with roommates. Uh, The first, I moved out when I was 19 and I lived with my friend Archie and we played together. And then from that point on, I continued to live just with people, whether it was my first partner or then, uh, you know, then moving out to kind of live in semi-communal life in Mount Shasta and then moving up to Seattle eventually and living in my very first properly communal house in Ballard with you and all the other amazing individuals we got to share space with. And so then now having been here, um, living by myself for the first time in a much bigger space, um, I came to face my shadow, and I, I knew that I was going to have to face uh, a lot of darker things within my personal life that I had perhaps neglected, um, and to face a lot of bad habits I had cultivated um, so that I could grow beyond these things, and it, it's been amazing. It, it's been very challenging in some ways, and but it's I knew it would be, so I've also welcomed it because I know that there's growth that has been so valuable for me um, to, to learn more about my tendencies uh, towards uh, addictive behaviors or uh, bad psychological habits. Um, and so I, I got back in touch with my mom, who I had not really spent that much time with uh, in about 10 years. Um, I had seen her a few times coming in to visit, you know, as I was living on the West coast, I could come in a few times, but I never really got to see her that, that much. And, um, so it was, that was one of my other purposes in coming back is, yeah, like I said, faith and family, you know, just these two points that had been really, uh, really important to me and that had, I felt that I needed to do this. And so it's been an amazing experience of growth. Uh, uh, yeah. I I could go on, but I feel like that makes
0: sense. So you, so you've basically started a new life for yourself and, uh, and, um, I've also been thinking about the fact that I haven't lived on my own in a very long time. And I actually felt really called to live on my own until a friend of mine recently reached out to me and was like, you know, I was thinking about who I want to live with and you're actually the number one candidate and you seem to be available right now. So now we're looking for a place together and, uh. And it feels really good con- considering like all the other aspects that are aligning at this point in time, but it's been a challenge and there's been some, uh, there's been uh, some obstacles in that way. So I feel like in a way it's a bit of a hero's journey to uh, to like go through the fire and recognize like, even if everything seems like this is the answer, if intuition says no, to be like, okay, honoring that and just listening to that above all, like, will bring everything that is meant to be uh, <clears throat> full circle and, and to put us back on the right path. I don't know if we each have a destiny, if we each have, like, a fate that we are, like, uh, predetermined and, and placed upon through our ancestors and our DNA and all of that. Um, but the thought experiment of that uh, enables me, anyways, to, like, just like free my own ego and free my own consciousness of any sort of like preconceived judgments and just be like okay like like what does intuition tell me intuition tells me that like you don't know anything so moving forward staying open for possibilities that are beyond your experience uh your video is a little frozen oh your video froze up for a second um you uh you created this uh this rap song. Uh, i think it's appropriate it's called it a rap called pentagrammer uh which is actually yeah. my inspiration to reach out to you and be like last second do you want to do the show live-ish tonight obviously you're on the east coast so sure, there's sure. a three hour time difference um
1: right, right so i want to play
0: this song called pentagrammer for our listeners if that's okay for you if that was uh, meant to be shared on the, yeah. the podcast as well
1: yeah yeah that's fine
0: okay
2: Pentagram, 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 pentagram All about me blazes the pentagram Spent a long spell as a mage and a benefan. Been a rough ride but the sun came and shine again Still I'm a youth like a second wind minute man Never land sands of the sand and the second hand Never let a man make a hook look handy And never bet a grand on a land that's any planet better for a grander Much grander than a chance to advance another winner's stands, Take a look a little glance Pass the little letters and pass the test and get a grant Open up, up a throat and chance holla Hollywood, Hollywood, a following the hollow, where the pagan poets follow the natural forces of the in us to be swallowed in the rising and the currents of the shores of our experience, the evidence of angels in the courage, of deciduous, partaking in the moment and the menace of presence. The Abba Tabach tap left, write a sentence. The synapses of syllables are in a sequence. The haven and the heavens, even leavening repentance. The grand mantle spending an every sample of frequencies. And peak and scene, unique to get it on, it's on, it's on a rising horizon, crown, a song. I'm down to go on my chariot drawn. Ferry it long, carry the dawn, carry the yawn, marry the one, wander yonder on to, run, to the divinity. Magic is how my true will's getting done. Have a piece moving. Fools, I'm betting on static broadcasting that we all the ones of our version of our image on internet of the tree. My silly I'm tearing it worth of freaking trillion care bit more for being brilliant, good account. Is ecology. It's an anomaly of honesty Apostrophes beyond me It's a common autonomy State claims to my motherfucking life Like I'm promising And sponsoring a barrage of knockless he rocks posturing for acknowledging Problems lost in time and space A grace can wax ubiquitous again Facts elixirs faster than Space to time, wa wow wow win Suitably beautiful and full of vibes, due to city, the key to drive, true to the tuning of the one inside, news of the music of my holy mind, few the choosing of the chosen wise, from the depth of depth up to the height of life, like to a dusty desk, in the light of writing, Tickle letters to my subconscious, be a that is suited to my bliss-born manifestations, any proclivity to amazement, in the form of an ancient, wave of a like a sage, and hold fast that were slowly speaking, the still small voice of vast choice, be dissolved in the path of peace and poise. Peter Pan and I'm picking up the pieces like a prototype fly away Make my like a wizard with a witter Better follow it for the watch instead of like imaginary things This is a falling for a story where I rise in a battle with the dragon But the glory is the reclining, not the killing of the magic So I get the gold the girl, not the holy cave one is i flying off into the one horizon many any on his ace Under thee is dominion and the power and the glory From the top to the bottom and the center story with a crown full of angels going up To the heavens, to the cloud full of angels bringing praise To the Most High, to the Most High, to the Most High, to the Most High, to the Most High
0: are doing in this uh music video for pentagrammer
1: can you hear me all right yeah i can hear you okay Um, i was performing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram which is a magical operation that's meant to cleanse your psychic space and ground you uh, um, and essentially uh, organize your thought processes into different quadrants to kind of like parse things out uh symbolically and um it's based on the hermetic order the golden dawn's uh formula which is also based on uh, blends of hebrew and christian mysticism Uh, and it's using that particular kind of symbology uh, in order to achieve conscious effects and conscious results and essentially just to you know uh, to ground and to cleanse yeah that's basically it
0: and where it what is the the origin of this particular ritual these spells
1: well uh like i said the the hermetic order of the golden dawn um that they they were the ones who essentially Uh, formalized the what is otherwise kind of a mix of different uh, spiritual traditions again that kind of some are based off of Hebrew prayers Um, like at the beginning whenever I'm covering my eyes it's uh, typically uh, a practice uh, for certain kinds of prayer um, in Jewish tradition to uh, cover the eyes as a sense of just going into the secret place and um, and then uh, the up and down, kind of like how the Catholics do Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, it's kind of uh, a mix of deriving from that, but essentially quarter- quartering yourself, you know. Um, so, Atah, Vora Vega Dula Leolam, Amen. Unto thee is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Essentially, a Hebrew rendering of uh, Jesus's prayer that he taught to the disciples.
0: Um, and then you in, uh, you you're mentioning uh the four archangels as well as uh Sandalphon and Metatron.
2: Yeah,
1: and those are based on um uh me essentially li- listening to Damien Eccles <laughs> and and his particular uh addition to the the formula. Uh, what a- who who
0: I've never heard of damien Eccles. Who is damien Eccles?
1: Oh, you certainly have. Uh he was the one he was on the third episode of uh Midnight Gospel. He was the the fish head it with the fish bowl head. Like, oh I want a vintage inlil. You're taking flicks out of my <laughs> my minnow's mouth. Uh and he's explaining the current and he talks about alistair Crowley. He was the one who was a part of the infamous Memphis Three. Um, who were uh, falsely accused of uh, murders. And Damien Echols was one of them. And he was put into solitary confinement um, for 18 years, I believe. Um, And so he spent a very large amount of time in there. And what kept his sanity was his devotion to the uh, magic practice. Uh, One of those being the operation called the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram uh, because it involves drawing pentagrams around yourself uh, in order to, uh, and it's banishing because you draw in specific directions in order to either invoke or banish. Um, So you're going from the earth side of the pentagram up to spirit. So it represents taking material things and Giving them back up to source, and then if you want to draw something out of infinite potential, you draw from. I I don't really do that that much because there's still a lot I want to learn. Because you you I'm I'm interacting with things that I don't completely understand, but I have enough of a familiarity with intuitively and scripturally that um, it resonates more because of the familiarity. And that's one thing Damien Eccles has said on his other uh, podcasts, which he's been a guest of. So he adds on and Metatron uh, to the traditional ones which only include the, the four to,
0: you have this lyric you awesome. have this lyric in here that says uh, magic is how my true wills get done habit these proven tools I'm betting on static broadcast that we are one facet of earth and of our inner Sun internet of the tree mycelium Terra net worth of free <laughs> 10 trillion care a bit more for being brilliant good economy is ecology it's an anomaly of honesty uh static broadcasting that we are all one it's like that is one of the biggest paradoxes i've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently about breaking down that anomalous like you know naturally yes we are part of the same ecosystem so we are all part of a bigger life form than ourselves but then To honor the individual that is Jordan, that is Zachary, that is each individual person um, also enables us a lot of freedom. I wonder what the the benefits of tapping into that field of the consciousness of the oneness offers and whether or not like you participate in that through meditation or your your own needs. Like right now I am drinking this mead and this mead is helping me get out of my own way and loosen up a little bit to whatever wants to come through. Um, but obviously drinking can be an unhealthy habit as well. So I'm wondering what works for you to uh, get you out of your own personal uh, framework and into the collective oneness.
1: Mm, thank you. Yeah, that, that is um that is a good question uh and uh and speaking of alcohol that is something that i've uh put down uh as of last january because it was something that was becoming a bad habit for me and um i I was becoming a version of myself that i did not enjoy and i I was just uh ab using it (laughs) instead of using it or rather it was using me you know um and even uh One of the things that sealed the deal was listening to one of the recent uh, Duncan Trussell podcasts with Joe Rogan, and he was talking about a brief time in his life when he had been kind of going on benders, as they say, and uh, (laughs) he called it fermented wheat juice. And he's like, after putting fermented wheat juice in your blood every day, you start to feel a little different. I was like, yeah, you know, and that's actually, I know that from experience, you know. Um, so, So I've lately been fasting from these things, which I have previously habitually gone to, to get out of my own way, as it were. Um, I've been taking a break from coffee, cannabis, sugar, um, alcohol, um, dairy, you know, I'm I'm like, I I believe that the stomach uh, flora uh, has a, a psychological influence. I believe that the various parts of our body store different types of memory and the stomach flora can uh, cause our moods to shift, can cause certain thought patterns to be more likely to occur. And so um, lately I've been trying to clear out all of those things to find out um, my my natural high. And lately for me, uh, my my magical practice has been a clearing It comes in leaps and bounds. I'm putting an effort in, you know, it isn't an automatic thing. It requires effort. Um, It's a meeting halfway of sorts, but it's something which if you feed long enough, it can take on an automatic sense of becoming easier to access more quickly. It's just anything you habituate becomes more readily desirable or you crave it more. You can cause yourself to learn how to crave certain things. So exercising has also been one of those things. I got myself one of those uh, Total Gym pull-up bars. And um, so that has been very helpful for me um, to get out of my own mental way and re-access my bodily wisdom or just my natural sense of intuition and just being honest with, you know... uh, what i'm facing in my head and speaking so logo therapy i suppose uh unto myself just speaking out loud whenever i have these bad habits of thoughts which can often be having hypothetical arguments or having hypothetical scenarios where somebody is just never-endingly disagreeing with me or it making me feel like an imposter like oh you don't really actually think that you're just faking it you know uh, which I created these thoughts as experiments previously, but then I forgot to banish them, if you will. And so I accidentally gave them more autonomy than uh, was really warranted. And in the space of lucid dreaming, this can be much more vividly understood experientially. Um, There was one time when I had a lucid dream that started off as a regular dream. And by the time it became lucid, a certain dream character was attempting to scare me up until I became lucid. And then I said, it's okay. I know this is just a dream. You don't have to do that anymore. And he looked like relieved, like, oh, thank you. I was like, now I'm off the hook. Now I don't have to spend all my time trying to scare you because like, it it only has the authority, which I have given it. Sometimes I've accidentally given it, you know? And so I'm just trying to, I am succeeding at finding out what I have let run amok and calling it back into myself, forgiving myself for having done it, not knowing any better, being honest and talking parentally to it, like how I imagine a dad would talk to me, like, just, come on, man, you know better than this. Like, you got this. Like, you are the one who gets to decide this. Like, don't let your mind, don't let these characters live in there rent free. You're the one that gets to decide what you allow yourself to continue to think. And if you have a thought that challenges that thought, you still get to have an extra opportunity to speak your life into creation, which is abracadabra. You know, it's I speak, I create as I speak. And that's the magical life is that we create as we speak. And I have spoken things that have hurt myself. I've spoken curses against myself and against others. And so I'm for going through the process of forgiving myself and forgiving others and trying to experience the oneness, uh, which mystic traditions and religious traditions have spoken of since time immemorial, um, and uh, find a, a simpler, more immediate sense of, of clearing so that I don't need to have it in order to go play drums or draw or make collage or any of the things which I had kind of started using those things as a crutch it's like well I might as well get a little stone since I'm getting ready to get creative but then I'm like well I don't need to actually I can just go do it and don't think just go act and use your skills and just get better and better and better don't think don't compare just feel what it's like to be able to do what you love and let that clear you out I suppose that's the best way i could answer
0: that (laughs) for sure what do you uh what's your like uh your read on what people call the law of the power of attraction
1: i believe it's a metaphor um and if you call something a law and that helps you believe it more certainly you'll increase your probability of experiencing it more certainly so maybe calling it a law is a self-fulfilling prophecy in and of itself um and it's, it's a metaphorical of gravity. It's like a metaphysical interpretation of gravity, which is that in, in science, gravity more formally rendered is that if something has a lot of mass, it has a lot of gravitational pull. It warps the space around it to where it creates a sinkhole, which is why the moon orbits around the earth instead of the earth around the moon and everything else around the sun, because the biggest body or the most mass, the, the densest thing, uh, warp space in such a way that things tend towards it more than they would tend towards something small so metaphorically speaking if you create a mass of a particular kind of thought process uh, then you attract that um, uh, you know so you spend all your time thinking about uh, pu- a punch buggy That this is a great example actually me and my friends used to play like a version of punch buggy but it was a banana car. <laughs> it was just that any car that was yellow, uh, you get to punch. Or like par- uh, a Padiddle, look for a-, a car that has only one headlight. And you subconsciously ignore all the things that aren't that. And you're just looking for that. And you seem to see it more. The more you see it, the more you will see it. Robert Anton Wilson in his one of his books, either Prometheus Rising or Quantum Psychology, Uh, said that you can conceive of the brain as being similar to a computer made up of two parts the thinker and the prover What the thinker thinks the prover will prove and if you don't question your beliefs you're more likely to uh confirm your own bias (laughs) which can be harmful uh if it isn't checked with humility and um but questioning your beliefs doesn't cut you off from being able to attract them either, you know, so uh, it, it, it's a, it's a metaphor in my opinion. It's an effective metaphor that works uh, because you believe it will. <laughs>
0: I think, but I can, you, I think I can. yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the difference between calling something that is an agreement, just saying like, oh, I'll meet you there at five and then it's like, Okay. You don't call it an agreement. So 15, what's the difference between 15 minutes or an hour or just canceling. But if we have an agreement to meet at five, then there's a certain weight to the obligation. There's a certain like uh, mutuality. I think the mutuality of our social contracts actually like reinforce like Christianity, like, like uh, nobody can point to like objective, factual truth in Christianity. However, because it is collectively agreed upon, it has a power, it has a weight. The ethical uh, consequence of Christian morals and dogma actually weigh upon people that aren't believers. That's how strong the gravitational force of that particular subset of uh, consciousness or of of rules or agreements are. It's like it extends past, just like we're seeing with like MAGA and stuff like that is like the collective consensus is so strong that it's creating a frequency that's affecting things outside of that group of people that all consent to that agreement. Um, And so I see people like Elon Musk, and I see people like Israel Adesanya, and these other people that like have a strong, uh, and Trump, you know, like Trump's the perfect example of like magical thinking, like pushed forward, like the law of attraction is like, I can become the most powerful person in the world, Guess what? If you say that enough times, then people start to consent to that reality or that that narrative, that that reality narrative, as it were, Um, which I think is fascinating. And uh, you bring up something that there's actually a name for, uh, which is also referred to as the frequency illusion. I know it is the Bader-Madoff phenomenon. Cognitive bias in which after noticing something for the first time, there is a tendency to notice it more often, leading someone to believe that it has a higher frequency or selection bias. It occurs when increased awareness of something creates the illusion that it is appearing more often. Put plainly, the frequency illusion is a concept or thing you just found out about that suddenly seems to crop up everywhere. Uh, it was named after the incidence of frequency illusion in which the Bader mainoff group was mentioned. And, uh, So yeah, while I think it's like really valuable for a young person coming of age and like coming to this rites of passage and maybe finding their way to Burning Man where synchronicities are just popping off, to also be grounded in the reality that this is just a human phenomenon, that there's nothing special about, there's nothing unspecial, but there's nothing particularly special about them as an individual, that we all have the tendency to notice these synchronicities where our attention goes and in a place like burning man which is so unusual we'll probably notice the synchronicities more than all of these like you're saying these instances that just go unnoticed of patterns unrecognized patterns because we're not looking for them we're not trained to like spot them when we see them right
1: yeah i agree um and in a place like burning man where many of the people are already familiar with these concepts and uh have explored them theoretically, practically, then yeah, it, it tends to cause those kinds of things to happen um, more. And I, I'm open to the idea that there is an emergent quality to this beyond sociology, like a meta sociology, or in like, you know, how there's epigenetics, there might be an episociological phenomenon that once you reach a certain threshold, then a virtual reality becomes. Present like a vir- virtual in the old school sense of just a lot of people sharing the idea kind of like uh, a really really big game of d d <laughs> or um, you know or, or sports are, are a great example um, you know a lot of emotional and psychological and financial energy can go into something that is completely arbitrated or uh, you know like pick the sides, which side are you on, like, um, and the effects of it are the entertainment, the feeling of being in conflict, but in a safe and socially acceptable way. Um, you know, so it's like, it's a representation of our motives as animals, as humans, as, um, beings who are curious and who are open to pattern recognition on very large scales. And when I was living in Mount Shasta, I noticed that Synchronicities were a lot easier to occur because everyone was open to that idea. And so they were acting in a way subconsciously and consciously to almost make it weird if things didn't happen, uh, you know? So uh, it's, I, I find it fascinating as well.
0: What's that place in uh, Utah where all the Mormons gather? Uh, Provo, Provo. So it's like if people show up in Sedona and they're like, almost expecting something, they hear about a vortex, they hear about these ley line like like areas, they'll show up to Sedona almost expecting for magic to happen. And not only them, but everybody else that shows up expects for something magic to happen. So then when they meet each other and greet each other, it's like this consensus. It's the same as if people were to go to Moab for the first time pilgrimage to the Mormon headquarters. And it's like, oh, this area is going to be specifically like Mormon friendly, then yeah, it's like the, the, the confirmation bias is stronger in places where similar minded people show up. Um, we are going to take a little break uh, because we're coming up on that 40 minutes between you and I. Uh, I'm going to send you a link to the next 40 minutes. Um, and we are going to, in the meantime, play this song called Moderator. Word, or called Words Remain. This song is called Words Remain. It came recommended by my co-host Jordan and uh, he's at Conjuring Music. This is a group called Moderator and the song is called Words Remain. Yesterday
2: and today oh, yeah.
0: Okay, cool uh so that was moderator words remain how did you come across that track sir
1: um i was looking on spotify and uh there's one of the suggested tracks i don't remember what i was searching when i found it but it just popped up i kind like, of like that you know if it's a quora
0: that the uh they're playing
1: i i don't know actually it might be a sharanga also sounds like
0: so yeah well, i uh I wanted to ask you a question about uh, this project that I'm feeling the initial inspiration to get going. Um, I am. Thank you for sharing that moderator track with us. Um, that was really beautiful and and jazzy. I was getting down in the bathroom. I was taking a pee, and then I just started to like have my own little personal dance party. It was pretty cool. Uh, the, my idea is to create a documentary about magic about the perceptions of magic about the origins of magic about where magic stands in 2021 and what the path that the concept of magic has been on for the past several centuries millennia you know like uh it's something that plenty of people are fascinated with i want to get to the root of what is real about magic and what is really good about magic um so I thought that we could use this podcast platform as a means of interviewing different people in the realm of publicly facing expression about magic to get to the like, the root of what we're talking about when we say that word. So what are your initial thoughts?
1: It well, sounds interesting to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's an ancient conversation. It's an ancient practice. It's evolved over time. and. Yeah, we we all carry the current onwards and innovate the practices and uh, you know uh, distill the the basic principles even even further and further you know formulas
0: that can be well. Uh, yeah. Well, let's start the documentary right now. What is fascinating to human beings about magic? What do you think?
1: Um that there's more to life than we can imagine, that there's still mystery, that there's still uh, enchantments and wonder that can make us feel the same kind of all we did when we were children.
0: So you think that the human fascination with magic lies somewhere within the interest and the capacity to imagine that that children and the youthful human spirit has to imagine to create with the mind new possibilities.
1: Yeah, yeah, and in the same way that you know many of us that grew up playing with action figures could just second nature projects entire storylines into these little figures, and then you know if it was me and my friend, we'd be having epic battles and stuff, and then we would pretend ourselves to be our favorite characters or our own kind of mixing of our best characters. And we would just spontaneously come up with storylines and completely just feel the, the fun of it,
0: you know? Do you have any inkling of guess on what ev- what is the evolutionary advantage of being able to create a mental experience that doesn't exist in objective. That's a non-shared, non-objective, non-objectively real experience, as far as it pertains to anybody other than the person that's imagining.
1: Sure. Um, uh, right off the bat, just practically speaking, and um, thinking about the, the the cave of Lascaux paintings of the the bison and the hunters, um, and how so often that's been. Uh, compared to one of the first instances of illustrated magic of visualizing something that has not yet happened yet, but that you're determined will. Uh, that you'll take a future and make it present. Uh, the future, you know, doesn't exist. It's, it's, it's just another word for expectation, to look out, expect. And um so what you're looking out for, you're looking in for too. <laughs> If you look into what you can look out for, you can increase the scope of what you can look out for if you know how to look in and inspect yourself. you can. If you learn how to inspect things, you can learn better what to expect and how to create
0: expectations. So, like, I guess the example would be, like, if our younger ancestors on the path towards us being born were, like, in the jungle and they had a very similar experience they could expect that uh there may be some threat in uh, a particular area they could like imagine like how like let's say they had an experience that was like legit dangerous two out of ten but it kind of like shook them up because they didn't know that that was possible so then they might imagine a, a threat that's like at a eight out of ten and that's like especially like keeping them safe from this particular area. But yet we have people like Steve jobs who are able to imagine this and Gene Roddenberry that are able to like, not negatively to protect oneself. Like we, cause we look through like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we look at like survival being the primary base function of every animal's like priority subset. But then we also have these, pioneers these forward-thinking futurists that are thinking about like well you know we don't have these threats anymore so using that imagination capacity towards building and giving tools to the rest of the species that like enables to do cool shit you know uh, yeah
1: and um yeah and, and erasing certain limitations um yeah, to to remove every obstacle, every limitation. So, what would the obstacle be to you and I talking? Uh, we we removed it with, well, we didn't, you know, we collectively uh, that we're using it right now. Uh, it, the the Proto Indo European root of the word magic, which is something along the lines of a meg word, um, where we get the word mage and magician, all those magi. Um, it means to be able. So whatever you are able to be able to do (laughs) be able to be then that is magic in a nutshell um just at the very most basic sense um and increasing the amount of ability that people have is is magic yeah so virtuality you know virtual reality we're able to create worlds where you and I are able to talk across vast distances almost simultaneously. These are solid examples, you know, and to demystify uh, magic so that it doesn't seem like something out of reach or external um, or something that we aren't already doing, you know, which
0: I think everyone is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting what you say. It's like, I think that the social media marketplace is sort of oversaturated with empowerment coaches and life coaches and all kinds of different people looking to make money off of their friends by inspiring them and being there to be like their cheerleader. Like you can do it. Like you believe in yourself. Um And perhaps an untapped market is like the apprentice market for like finding a magic teacher to teach us like as like a means of psychotherapy sort of to get us out of, to unensnare us from this victimhood consciousness this like uh well i'm deserving of poverty or i'm deserving of uh uh heartbreak or whatever the the pattern might be from ancestral uh you know whatever we pick up what you were saying uh um uh, what is it um when you pass along memories through the gene pool
1: epigenetic
0: epigenetic yeah when we can when we can uh, surpass and take like autonomous responsibility for whatever we've inherited epigenetically
1: yeah that, that is a the therapeutic potential and I I've always liked kind of this romanticized idea in my head of the apprenticeship and um, um, yeah just the idea of a hands-on learning environment where you get to experience um, the gaining of abilities that you previously didn't have all at once you're experiencing humility and pride because you're humbling yourself to someone that you have to admit is more able than you by default or else you wouldn't be seeking them but the goal is to be equally as able and more able you know as like the uh, the theme of uh oh the student has surpassed the master you know jesus says these things you see me do i tell you you will do even greater um you come to me now but there will come a day when you go straight to the father um you know that, that, the process of initiation in the mystery schools which the word mystery uh means is a series of initiations um which were meant to be experiential starts off theoretical and is communicated theoretically in such a way so that those who really would value it are the ones that are going to seek it, you know? But yeah, apprenticeships, I've I've considered some myself, like carpentry, you know, specifically, because to be able to create your own shelter, to be able to grow your own food, to be able to provide yourself the basic necessities, and then by extension to provide others to spread the wealth to spread the ability uh magic is for all like alistair crowley talked about you know um for everyone to have their true will fulfilled without interrupting others without usurping without taking others energy but helping to spread the energy around and put the power back in people's hands instead of taking it and then only seeming like you're the special one, you know, like, Oh, like I'm the professional. It's like true masters. Don't call themselves masters, you know? Um, So, uh, but there is an honest, uh, someone who's going to teach someone has to honestly say, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Because that's, you you have to trust that the person you're learning to be able to do something from they're able to do. And they've, gone through the mistakes of learning uh you know just the trial and error and so um so you're humbling yourselves to them in order to become proud of yourself eventually by earning it by working for it and then You'll be humbly proud. You'll be proudly humble. <laughs> it's like finding the best way to allow both of these facets of our psyche, which already exist, to come into better harmony and find their proper sociological expression without them getting out of order. Don't be too humble. Don't be putting yourself down so much. Like humiliation is like the negative humility and hubris is like the extreme of pride. But somewhere around the middle, the golden mean, you know, and it's like, huh. I can accomplish these things. There are some things I can't do. I'll I'll say if I can't do it, or I'll I'll try not to talk about something
2: that I don't Ah, really. So,
0: so, so, so some of our friends might say then that the uh, devil's advocate perspective on that would be, um, by saying, I can't do it, do it, that you're reaffirming your incapacity at any given time to do it, which therefore also informs the future version of oneself, um i don't know if it's duncan trestle but somebody has said like we are oh Aubrey marcus talks all the time about how um our current self is just our future's self fast forward like whatever we are to be we are right now leaning into for the you know for our ultimate form or whatever so if we are to say in this moment i am incapable of selling a hundred million rap albums or something like that, which may be true. You know, there are those that would offer a word of caution about speaking those words into existence, because then what we're doing is we are, uh, we are consecrating sort of that, that belief in ourself. Therefore, the only thing that is stopping us from selling a hundred million rap albums is The, you know, is that capacity to believe because that needs to precede that accomplishment? What do you think about, uh, uh, unlike subconsciously limiting oneself by speaking these truths? Like, we believe they're true, but the caution would be that by saying what we believe is true, we're keeping ourselves at this like lowered. Uh, stature or lowered ability, as you put it.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, and I've heard that uh, a lot. And I think, um, speaking at that point, uh, it's just uh, it's just a matter of being specific with words. At that point, it's just saying right now I can't do this. I'm not saying when when I say I can't, I'm not speaking like I never will, I never can. I'm just saying right now, I don't know how to speak uh, German. I'm not saying I can't learn, I certainly can learn. It's well within my ability if I'm willing and if I put in the time and effort and I start practicing and I keep practicing, I will learn, but as of yet, I I can't do that. Uh, You know, so so it's just a matter of being specific with words, you know, like sometimes in the the new age movement, um, folks will kind of uh, absolutize certain statements, and take them beyond a practical context um, and uh, kind of miss the miss the forest for the trees, I guess. Um, miss the spirit of what is being said for a semantic interpretation of me saying, oh, when I say I can't, I mean, I never can. It's like, no, I didn't say it. I just meant right now, the only time that exists I can't do it but I can learn and if I can't I can play drums there was once a time I honestly could say I couldn't play drums not to yeah and that's just the trick of connotations and and language being a very kind of uh wishy-washy thing sometimes that's easy to it's just about thinking about things in their proper context uh
0: Yeah,
1: understand and and asking somebody, just ask somebody, like, oh, do you mean you never can do that? Or are you just talking about specifically right now? (laughs) But you know, sometimes people just it just doesn't occur. But but I, I totally do believe though that you informing yourself that you can as in you have the capability to do something like yeah.
0: It's uh, well, it goes back to some old school Jedi dogma with uh, do or do not, there is no try, and we uh, you know, like all try to do that. It's like there's no such thing as like the attempt, the attempt is the illusion, there is either the action or the lack of action, and it's it's sort of a binary thing in that in that respect, like the attempt is the action itself the success of the action is predicated upon like you know the ability like we're saying so cultivating these magical skills is like just building up like we would build up strength by going to the gym and exercising we're building up this ability to do things that are beyond our past experience but are part of our overall like trajectory it's like part of our calling it's like doing this podcast. It's like, well, we didn't do this podcast until we did this podcast, and then it was done. I have a, uh, I, I have a question that might go nowhere, or it might lead into a 10-hour-long uh, workshop. But uh, you, uh, I, I'm really fascinated with this character. So this is the Q Shaman, uh, and most of America is familiar with him. And I think he's making things really difficult for the mystics because he's painting us all with this conspiratorial, like, uh, tint or something like that. Uh, But like, when I see this dude, I see a highly intelligent person. Like if I met this dude at a festival, I would want to talk to him for like a good hour because I think that everything he says and like, he's obviously very like strong in his conviction. Uh, but he has he has become the icon of this era that we're in of, like, polarization and of, like, conspiracy theory. I'm curious uh, if you have done any research on the QAnon Shaman and if you have any insights on what you think is going on with this guy.
1: Uh, no. No, I haven't really researched him. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I think it's interesting. You know, he, he's certainly very zealous and passionate about uh, his beliefs and his particular interpretation of things that are occurring in the world. Uh, some things which have been occurring since the dawn of humanity and before, just animal behavior. Uh, it is. It, it happens to be that there are animals that kidnap other animals. There are animals that are cruel to other animals from a human perspective Uh, so we're talking about things that have not only been a part of human behavior but a part of animal behavior in general one thing that has often caused ancient societies to thrive is gossip and uh to encourage tribal social cohesion even at the expense of a larger cohesion and so that's why a lot of this uh Oh, let's go back to the old days. Let's go back to the way things used to be. Let's make things great again. You know, it's all back to the way it used to be. And it's, uh, there are different versions of that sentiment. Um, And ideas of global unity have both been lauded and lambasted by humans. Because different people have different motivations and different presuppositions about what life is generally supposed to be about. And uh, unless people cite their sources, you can only guess whose particular book or show or speech they got their particular information from. Uh, I don't see any of it as particularly original. Um, it's it's mixtures of different facets of stories that humans have told for a very, very long time. The, the oldest conspiracy, perhaps, is the Garden of Eden story that there was a forbidden tree that was being kept from us and we found it and then uh the conspiracy of Christianity that there are these hidden beings that we can't see called angels and demons and they're constantly obsessing over every little move we make and oh they're definitely more powerful than us like whoever is the conspirator is always more powerful and clever than you but, oh, you can be just optimistic enough, but, oh, you better not pretend like you can actually, like, uh, it, like you're not the conspirator, for sure. There is uh, that, there is <laughs> that, know. but there is like, also... Conspiracies are
2: real. There, like, there, there are is people that
0: conspire. There it's is just that. just the human behavior. There is, there is that. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, there is that, and there is also this sort of a bug's life mentality that the predatory like gigantic grasshopper that no ant can defeat can be defeated by a collective of individual aware ants like teaming up against this monolith against this like greater than thou this bigger than thou presence or force which might be capitalism it might be the u.s federal government etc and you know uh, what you say about gossip is really interesting a lot of this is just like somebody hears something and then it's telephone it goes into being shared in a way because it's like oh this is interesting what do you think about this and then it gets passed along It's, it's like a meme a meme uh to meet the new neighbor i bring this out to to highlight we have more knowledge but less judgment being that like judgment is important like we sure. like yeah. the, we, we have this kind of aphor- aphorism in the hippie community like oh you, that's just you're just judging you're just being like really judgy and it's like we forget that w- all of us were given this innate capacity to cast righteous judgment based on our need to be able to decide for ourselves like what is just what is right and what is wrong like judgment has to do with justice justice is a good thing so to understand our judgments is to understand what true justice is for you and for me i wonder if justice is just some kind of poetic float you know like floaty sort of like ungrounded poetic concept or whether justice is an actual importance uh characteristic of our collective experience as a species and uh but like regardless of what the answer to that question is it's like we each one of us no matter how much we meditate and chance are going to have judgment it's like an inalienable uh characteristic of the human experience so We're nearing the end of this hour. I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Midnight Mystics. I don't know which number this is. Um, I believe it is episode number 10, because I think we did eight episodes of the Midnight Mystics, the never-ending special. Uh, the NeverEnding Story special with Atara, and then we went into this conversation, our reunion. So, we do this show every Tuesday, whether it's airing a rerun or we find something interesting to air in the metaphysical nature of reality. Um, We're going to end playing this song, God Fractal, by Zach and What Army, that Jordan has selected for us. Uh, But before we do that, Jordan, it's been about eight months since we heard from you. Is there anything else you want to share? Uh,
1: Yeah, I just want to say in general, humans can be trustworthy. Humans can be untrustworthy. We should strive to encourage trustworthy behavior and exemplify trustworthy behavior in ourselves so that we may tip the scales towards uh, making it uh, a more common thing uh, amongst ourselves, uh, because we we need to trust human nature in order to survive. And if justice means anything, for life to continue in in, in balance, uh, that uh, we can we can foster love, which which has to which has to trust that good is this state of being which remains, which is inherently sustainable, and that there will come a time when there are no more conspiracies, I believe. Uh, There will come a time when we can see very much more clearly than we can now, and all of our efforts, uh, whether we've made mistakes or whether we join these groups or whether we've left groups or whatever, whether we've divided ourselves or unified ourselves, we all go to the same place in a very short amount of time. And we all go there together <laughs> individually and collectively. So I hope that we can all humble ourselves to admit that we can be wrong, but we can be right. And that we can find that righteousness in community and try to extend extend that community to include as many as possible, and that basic necessities are what we should provide for our fellow living beings, because that's what we need. Air, water, food, shelter, and love. Everything else is luxury. If we can focus, that we can make these things more accessible to more people, people tend to act better and less criminal- The definition of conspiracy is a group or an individual that is intending to act unlawfully or harmfully. Basic, most basic definition. If we can encourage a world where basic necessities are available for everyone without compromising our integrity or our freedom, then we can make it. (laughs) And we'll defeat any story which pretends to have power over us and we can share power amongst us
0: and live in happiness (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's my that's my prayer (laughs) thank you brother uh if anyone wants to listen to jordan's music or connect with him he he is available on instagram uh at conjuring music you can also find him on facebook uh at jordan furrow and um a youtube subscribe to his youtube channel as well so you can keep up with his experimentations in the realm of vibrations music and magic um yes yeah, so. thanks, thanks for zach. joining us on the midnight mystics and uh much love here is god fractal by zach and what army
3: importance to me that you be lucid and aware of what you're able to be since i was able to see the lack of limits i've been infinite and this is indiscriminate isn't narcissistic arson isn't always meant to be destructive it's an art form this is my attempt to start the fire that makes you are more and logic less because logic since the dollar has been off of it i'm offering a sentence that can bring you back to sanity empathic but emphatically i plan to see you mastering the art of your existence so that everyone can benefit and on and on and fractally it blossoms know its definition and i've learned to trust my family i see all seven billion so i deem it time to dmt you all with my opinion and i pray to my creators that just one of you will listen because the light and divine truth was always inside you i'm here to remind you that you are Now what confines you you travel through time to arrive at this line and now you are in a vessel designed to invention to find truth illusion divides you but you are The limitless find through Which everything vibes through And I'm here to remind you That you are The light and divine truth It's always inside you I'm here to remind you That you are now what confines you you traveled through time to arrive at this line and now you are in a vessel designed to invent and define truth illusion divides you but you are the limitless find through which everything vibes through and i'm here to remind you that you are i am the illuminati of my own reality i am not afraid of those who benefit from apathy i am not a slave to any entity or anything my mission is to sell is reconnecting us with everything Cause that's the nature of the fractal that we're also involved in, revolving around a nucleus that nuclearly powers us. But I've comprised a theory that suggests we really power it. Power is the act of understanding. daughter is my bleeding hearted counterpart so i will find the others and remind them that we have heart you're part of god whenever you remember and i'm sore now endeavoring forever on the quest of showing hope to find truth, what's always inside you, I'm here to remind you that you are not what confines you, you travel through time to arrive at this line, and now you are in a vessel designed to, invention to find truth, illusion divides you, but you are the limitless find through which everything vibes through, and I'm here to remind you that you are the light to find truth, it's always inside you, I'm here to remind you that you are. Now it confines you, you travel through time to arrive at this line and now you are in a vessel designed to invented to find true Illusion divides you, but you are the limitless find through Which everything vibes through I You You travel through time to arrive at this line and now you are in a vessel designed to invented to find truth illusion divides you but you are the light and divine truth it was always inside you I need only remind you that you are God